welcome to episode 26 of the Classical Guitar Composers Podcast. As always, I am your host, Chris Hales, glad to be with you once again, bringing you the show that features original classical guitar compositions from around the globe. If this is your first time joining me, the way this show works is, if you have an original piece for classical guitar, you just simply send an mp3 recording of your piece to chris at classicalguitarcomposers.com. It's that simple and I feature it on the show. I'm not going to critique your music, we're just going to play it. Something I haven't brought up for a while, I'd like to just mention real quick. Uh, The show could use some reviews on iTunes. I have a few reviews, haven't had one in a while. A positive review can help the show get noticed. And if you like this show, and that's something you can do, I'd really appreciate it. And if you don't like the show, feel free to leave a a bad review too, but I'm mainly asking people who like the show. I did notice there's a one-star review on there. Somebody really dislikes the show, but they didn't leave a note, so I don't know why. Anyway, that's something you can do for the show. And as always, another great way to help out the show is to purchase my sheet music. The music you are hearing right now is available for purchase. It's part of the American Suite. If you go to classicalguitarcomposers.com and click on the sheet music link, it'll take you to where you can purchase that. It's a great way to help out the show and get a little something for yourself in return. Okay, and I have a great show for you today. Glad to be bringing you a show, a first show of this new year. Uh, things have slowed down quite a bit. Um, we'll see if there's a February episode. I do plan on continuing uh, monthly episodes, but um, as it has slowed down, I may end up skipping February, if that is the case. Don't be alarmed. Um, I have just found it difficult to get this podcast recorded lately, in that just a lot of things keep coming up, but... Uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes, but but no worries. Things pass, and we'll get back into the regular routine. Another quick update. Uh, in the past, I have mentioned, you know, you can follow the show on social media like Facebook, and um, a little while ago, I added Twitter to that. Uh, I got on Twitter with the sole purpose of hoping to expand the show, but I just don't have it in me to do social media it's it's just not for me so i'm i'm not going to do that anymore uh don't don't check the facebook page looking for show updates or or twitter um if i feel compelled i may post something but that's that's not where you're going to want to go to follow the show really the best thing you can do is subscribe and uh if not just periodically check you know i put out an episode a month and if you subscribe, it should just come to your device, and then you don't have to worry about it. But I'm I'm not going to do the Facebook, I I just yeah, or the Twitter. I'm I'm, it's just not my thing, and I I just can't get myself to keep up with it. So now that we have gotten through that little bit of business, I'd like to start off this show with an email. This email comes from Chris Bergen in Iowa. 
First of all, thanks for sticking with your Classical Guitar Composers podcast. The format initially seemed a bit odd, but people generally are odd. Art mirrors life, I suppose. I do not consider myself a musician, though I can read music and play some simple piano, percussion, or guitar. I began guitar lessons at age 9, and after several single-year teachers at the local music store, the last one suggested I break the cycle and take lessons at the local college. This was my freshman year of high school. So I began taking classical guitar lessons from a post-grad by the name of Peter Lingen. I don't expect you to know him, but he also plays the lute. I had the Segovia book and also started the Segreras. I didn't practice that much, but generally avoided getting scolded because I already knew how to read music and could pull off a half-decent performance with little time invested. Yeah, I faked it. Unfortunately, a year later, before I finally got serious, my family moved to a town that had no classical guitarists. There was a jazz guy, but I didn't appreciate that genre at the time and dropped the guitar a few months later. It never occurred to me that I had some great method books and could teach myself for a while. So I still have the guitar. It's a great student Gibson which cost nearly $500 in 1974, 2700 today. My organist grandma had a music store and got a deal. Currently I drive a truck for work and wouldn't want to lug it about half the country and Canada Yep, that sums up my 2020. So I listen to a variety of podcasts while I drive, yours included. About movies. Did you see the Tarantino film where that 1870s Gibson was destroyed, The Hateful Eight? I read a post where a museum curator said it was common for films to pay for a curator to be on site with the loaned pieces, so the museum was partly to blame that one of the six mock guitars on set weren't destroyed in set instead. It's a small consolation that those moments before the destruction the guitar was played and recorded on film by Jennifer Jason Lee. It's a single-take scene that lasted nearly four minutes, and Tarantino used it in the film, of course. I think they settled for 40000 but I'm not sure. Another film you should see is a Cold War drama from 1988 called Codename Kirill, starring Edward Woodward. It's about spies and double agents between Britain and the Soviet Union, a merry chase with surprisingly few deaths. It opens up with a classical guitarist who gives concerts in many countries, playing the obligatory Asturias among the pieces. He's also one of the couriers carrying state secrets across the Iron Curtain. The guitarist isn't a main character, but does pop up regularly. He's played by Sven Bertil Taube, a Swedish actor-slash-musician who's still alive. I'm sure I pronounced that name wrong, but very cool. I think it's a very good film, or miniseries, as it's almost four hours long. And if you're into international relations, you might think the final several minutes of the film are horror. So there's that too. You should make time to watch it this year. And if you've never seen the 1980s TV series The Equalizer, which also starred Edward Woodward, don't even try calling yourself a New Yorker. <laughs> the co-star of nearly every episode was New York City, shot on location, just as it was. A gorgeous time capsule. Please keep those podcast episodes and original compositions coming. All the best, Chris Bergen, Iowa. When I get home, at least. Thank you, Chris. Uh, I hope I'm saying your name right. I guess it could be Bergen. You know, I, I have to say, uh, it's never too late to revisit lessons. And uh, you mentioned, you know, not appreciating jazz at the time. Um, I can certainly relate to that. Jazz is something... I've never really cared for, or what I've always said about jazz and blues is this. 
I like the space between. I don't necessarily care for the blues all that much, but I love the jazzier side of blues. And same with jazz. I love the bluesier side of jazz. I can really appreciate the musicianship in jazz, but it just doesn't move me. You know, it, it doesn't really do it for me. However, I have gained a much bigger appreciation than I had when I was younger for it. Especially with what I do for a living, there's a lot of uh, jazz to be played and studied. And I mean, you can't help if you if you start studying it, you can't help but gain an appreciation, and you can't help but start incorporating a little bit of it into your own writing. That's been my experience. So, I kind of take it that you implied you may appreciate it more now than you once did. Uh, as far as the Hateful Eight, I did see that. Um, I enjoyed it just like pretty much every Quentin Tarantino movie. I've seen it once and I enjoyed it, but don't really have a desire to see it again. I found it really slow, <laughs> uh, but I did like it. And I, I also uh, read about that at the time and I was really disappointed that Kurt Russell, uh, one of my favorite actors broke that guitar. And uh, I guess he claimed he didn't know, but I uh, really he didn't know. So it's a shame. And that is the, that is the moment of horror in that movie as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I am very interested in this Codename movie. I've never heard of it. Spy dramas, I can't say it's a genre I've, outside of James Bond, have seen very much, but I am very interested in this movie. I mean, I love 80s movies in general, so I've never heard of this. I've looked it up, and uh, I've got to go see if the library has it. I can't find it anywhere as far as places to stream it and whatnot. Looks like you can buy the DVD. I don't know that I want to make that kind of a commitment, but there's a library that I have access to that has a surprising collection of movies. They almost have everything I've ever looked for when I can't find it anywhere else. So I'll see if they have it. I have not seen uh, The Equalizer, so I won't try calling myself a New Yorker. Truthfully, I mean, I could not be further from a New Yorker. I'm a country boy. <laughs> I've never set foot in New York City. I'd like to, but if I didn't before I died, I wouldn't be that disappointed. There's a lot of places I'd rather go. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not a New Yorker. But uh, thank you very much, Chris, for the email. I, I appreciate that very much. Speaking of movies, I often sometimes talk about uh, a movie I've seen recently that I thought was really good on this show and I get excited I talk about it. Well I'm going to talk about one I saw recently that wasn't good and it was so not good that I feel compelled to just say a few words on it and that movie is the I think it's called The Craft Legacy or The Craft Something. It's essentially a, a reboot of The Craft the 1990s sort of teen horror film about the witches. Uh, that movie was charming. It it was cheesy. It was dorky. It was fun. I like it. I, I kind of had a thing for Nev Campbell when I was younger, but uh, I, I like the movie. I, I you know it it might be a little bit of a guilty pleasure, but so when I saw they uh, had made this sort of sequel to it slash reboot I, it looked fun the trailer made it look very fun uh, the movie I saw was not fun 
it looked to me like they uh, made the trailer and then said, let's just reshoot the movie because we want to change it. So, I mean, it, it like all these scenes that are in the trailer weren't in the movie. So, I mean, that would indicate to me that maybe it was a mess to begin with, but man, it was bad. 45 minutes into the movie, my wife is screaming at the TV, what is the conflict? What is the point of this movie? So it had David Duchovny in it, and like at the end I was like, I feel like I'm watching a really weird, not good episode of The X-Files. And that, that was what it was. Also, uh, there was not a single aspect of horror in the movie, and it's supposed to be a horror movie. I believe it's billed as a horror movie. If it's not, it should have been, seeing as how it's a reboot of a horror movie. It was absolute garbage. It's garbage. So I'd really suggest you don't see it. But just in case you're going to, I won't tell you much more because I don't want to spoil it. It's a shame. I think that witchcraft can make a fun setting for horror. And there's not very many. But if just watch the old one. I mean, it's not... I like it. It's not a great movie, but it's got a charm to it. This one certainly does not. It was terribly predictable. I mean, within 10 minutes, I was like, pretty sure I knew how the movie was going to go, but I kept thinking, that's how it seems like it's going to go, but that just seems way too obvious. There's got to be something that's going to alter the course or throw a wrench in here, and it was nothing. The movie was exactly what I thought it was going to be after 10 minutes, and... I give this one zero stars. I think I think less of this movie than that guy who gave me the one star review on iTunes thinks of this show. So that was extremely disappointing. I haven't really seen a good new horror movie for a while, although I started one and it, it was promising. I'll be, uh, when I get a chance to actually watch it. We'll see how it goes. I'll let you know. I did go to the theater the other day with my friend Jeremy Shogren, who was featured on the show once. Uh, he had a private party, and we watched My Bloody Valentine in the theater, the original 1980 movie. That was fantastic. I'd seen My Bloody Valentine once, and I thought it was okay. I still think it's just an okay movie. I mean, it's not the best, but it's still very much my kind of movie. It's an 80s slasher, and it's just got all the elements of those kind of movies that I love. And seeing it in the theater was really, really fun. I wish I wish that was something that I could do more of. I wish I could go see Friday the 13th, the original movie, in the theater. Maybe one day that's going to happen. But So this was good. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't say My Bloody Valentine is like a draftable movie if you were drafting horror movies. But uh, nonetheless, it, it, it was it's a good movie and it was fun. And it's... I mean, see, watching it after the craft, it, it was especially nice. Yeah, this movie uh, Chris has mentioned here, Codename. I'm curious about this. I don't know how, I mean, it sounds like, you know, somewhat of an action drama. I mean, I, I'd be interested. Some of my favorite movies are action movies, particularly the Rambos. Big fan of the Rambo movies. I think every one of them is a masterpiece particularly the first one though which is a bit more of a drama a little more serious than the others i guess the fifth one's pretty serious i don't know the the first one is a really good movie man if you've never seen rambo you need to go see rambo everybody should see rambo once in their life 
I think the Rambos are superior to the Rocky movies myself. So, I don't know. Uh, I, I imagine that Codename Kirill isn't ra uh, like Rambo, but... Listen to me. I'm Ramboling. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. So, moving on. I had mentioned uh, in the previous episode I'm working on a, a piece right now, and... Through no problem of writer's block, I haven't made any more progress. It's just been finding time. Um, my schedule's just kind of been thrown off, you know, which mainly began with Christmas time. It always kind of puts a wrench into routines, and then I'm I'm still trying to work out the current one now in the with the new year and new schedules for the kids and whatnot. So. Hopefully uh, I'll be back to working on that piece this week and hopefully with the same optimism that I had when I last worked on it. So how about we move on to the portion of the show where I would suggest you get yourself a nice tea. And we're going to be featuring the music of two composers today. First a new contributor to the show and then we will feature a new piece by Freya Shaw. So our first piece today comes to us from Bob Wilson. Bob sent this back in November and as there is often a line to get on the show um, I've been sitting on this one for a couple months but I've been looking forward to it so in November Bob wrote Hi Chris I found your show a week or so ago and have been really enjoying it I work at a large RV park slash campground, 53 acres, and it's non-stop leaf blowing season, so I've been listening to your podcast to help me get through the day. I have really enjoyed every composition I've heard so far, and rekindled my love of horror movies. Halloween is my all-time favorite, but my wife won't watch it with me, haha. <laughs> I thought of a movie with classical guitar in it. It is possibly one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but in Christmas Prince Part 2, The Royal Wedding, the bride walks down the aisle to the Spanish Romance, which we all know and love so well. It was probably the only part of the film actually worth watching. <laughs> the show has really rekindled my passion for composing, and was the kick in the pants I needed to start recording my pieces. Sadly, however, when I went downstairs to record some of my pieces for the show, I discovered my mic had died. It would sound like classical guitar in a wind tunnel. So now I'm on the hunt for a new mic, and will hopefully have some more contributions over the coming months. I do, however, have a recording of the first piece I ever wrote for the classical guitar. It has since been changed, and I have added two more pieces and made it into a suite, which I will record to send in as well. There's actually a pretty cool story behind this piece. My wife and I had been trying to have a baby for about three years, and had recently thrown in the towel. While on vacation, I had been working on the tango by Albanese, and was at the same time playing around with writing my own tango. After some frustration, I realized that it wasn't a tango I was writing, and that it worked better as a lullaby. So I straightened out some rhythms, made a few changes, and the rest just fell into place over a couple of hours. I named it Lullaby and was quite happy with it. A few weeks later, my wife called me at work, to tell me she was finally pregnant. When we looked back to figure out when it happened, it was on that vacation where I wrote the lullaby, which would turn out to be for our new daughter. She is two now. After she was born, I made some revisions, 
and I wrote two more pieces to go with it to make it a suite. I will send the score along with the rest of the suite when I record it. For now, here is the first movement, which works fine as a standalone piece. I hope you and the listeners enjoy it. I am caught up with the show now, and look forward to hearing more episodes in the future. Cheers! Bob Wilson, Vancouver Island, British Columbia, Canada. P.S. I hope my name isn't too hard to pronounce. No, I think I got it, Bob. Thank you so much. That is a really cool story uh, about how your daughter came to be. And no doubt that the magic mojo of the guitar played its role. So that's really neat. And uh, I really appreciate the kind words as well. Um, so Halloween, being your all-time favorite, I I have to assume maybe you've listened to the Halloween special from the most recent one. Um, it was, of course, my number one choice in the horror movie draft, and uh, I, I have to say it's one of my all-time favorites. I'm I'm partial to the thing. I just love the thing, but but Halloween is is up there. It's a great movie. I'll probably pass on the Christmas Prince. Uh, I did ask for suggestions of movies with classical guitar in them. I got one from Freya a while ago, The Two Popes, which I. I, I still don't know what that is. I, I, I think I looked into it and didn't find it too interesting. I didn't, I didn't get much of a surge of desire to see it, but I don't really remember why or if I'm even remembering correctly. I am intrigued about the, the one suggested today. Anyway, nonetheless, um, Bob, I really hope you are able to get a, a usable microphone, and I look forward to hearing the rest of this, but for now, here is Lullaby by Bob Wilson.
All right, we've just heard Lullaby by Bob Wilson. Thank you, Bob. And uh, I could certainly hear the uh, remnants of the tango in that. And that was very nice. I uh, was just thinking, you know, that Albanian tango, it's got a bit of a lullaby quality to it, too. I would, I would, I mean, that one is titled a tango, but it's, it's certainly not like, um, what comes to my mind when I think of a tango as far as like, you know, I would picture like Gomez and Morticia Adams dancing, you know, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have that with the Albanese tango. Anyway, I'd never really thought about that before, but, uh, there is a bit of a lullaby quality to that piece. And, uh, that, that was very nice, Bob. I also would say that was a very nice recording. I'm curious what you used to record that or where, where you did it. If that was your mic that had died, I hope uh, I hope you're able to get another one. Anyway, thank you, Bob. I'm looking forward to hearing uh, the rest of that in the future. It's very nice. Okay, and now moving on, uh, we are also featuring a new pre a new piece from Freya Shaw. Also, uh, an email that came in a little while ago. So, as you'll be able to tell from this, hello, Chris. Hope you're having a wonderful December. I wanted to share my first installation in the works. I've been exploring ways in which I can make sound and music more immersive. Thus I experimented with playing different isolated sounds through multiple different speakers. I wrote a piece including classical guitar, various syntheses, and the soundscape of a river and forest at night. Each sound is assigned to a different speaker and placed around the room against the wall at different heights. There are eight speakers in total. With the help from my uni technician, I have also produced an animation to be projected across three walls of the room. The animation follows the story of the listener exploring a forest at night and looking up to the sky to imagine the stars and planets above. I'm hoping to complete the piece in January in a space in my university. I've already been working on improving the piece for future works so I can better my exploration on improving immersive sound. I am hoping to use the university's virtual reality lab for my work too. If anyone has any suggestions on any improvements or questions on my work, I would love to answer. I will send you my stereo recording of the piece. I hope you and all your listeners have a peaceful Christmas. Keep smiling. Thank you, Freya. I certainly did. Um, I hope you did as well. It was quite lovely actually. I took some time off and just hung out with my favorite people. And it really was what I needed. So, I'm looking forward to this. Just uh, listening to your description, Freya, it reminds me of... Um, was his name Charles Ives, I believe? The composer uh, who had a lot of direction with his pieces. And a lot of the time they weren't uh, even technically possible, but they were more theoretical. Like, you know, this instrument needs to be played facing this other instrument across a ravine or something like that. Anyway, not to say this is the same thing, but just brought that to mind, something I hadn't thought about in a long time. So, having said that, here is a new piece by Freya Shah.
And we've just heard the latest work of Freya Shaw. Thank you, Freya. That was very calm and peaceful, I have to say that. Kind of just what I need as I'm recording this late at night and I'm about to just cap off the day. And I think I will go with that into the sweet oblivion of sleep. And that's going to wrap up our show for this month. So. I'd like to thank you all for joining me. It's been my pleasure to bring this to you today. I'd like to thank those who contributed by email and to both Bob Wilson and Freya Shaw for the musical contributions. Remember, if you have a piece you'd like to submit to the show, just simply send an email with an mp3 recording to chris at classicalguitarcomposers.com and I'll get it featured on the show. Did not uh, have the staple of the show email from Martin this episode. I don't think I had anything new, but I have been in some contact with Martin. But Martin, I hope everything's going well. I know uh, he's um, had to devote a lot of his time to taking care of his elderly mother and things of that nature. But um, I hope to hear from Martin soon. With that, I will say farewell for now. I look forward to the next episode, and until then, as I always say, keep on plucking.